All right, gentlemen. Should we get going? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Is it picking that up? Yeah. How clearly? Wow, because it's that's on a completely different floor of the house, and <laughs> my office door is closed. Nope, I hear it clear as day. <laughs> wow. What was it? Telephone. Home home phone. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I now, now I can hear the outgoing message. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 24 of ConfT with ERSC, recorded Tuesday, January 14th, 2020. Quick reminder that the thoughts and opinions expressed here are our own, and to please consult with Cisco TAC or Cisco certified partners before implementing any of the recommendations made on this show. I am your host, Brian Young, and today's topic is Burra. Joining me today is my co-host, Brian Boyd, fresh off the boat back from his honeymoon. How you doing, Brian? Doing well, Brian. I like the new open. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, you were in Australia and New Zealand I, I, for a couple of weeks? Yes, I was. I wish I could say I'm happy to be back, but um, let's just say Australia is a little bit better than you are, Brian. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, then, uh, <laughs> uh, point taken. Uh, <laughs> and also joining us today is uh, one of our favorite, I don't know why, um, guests on the show. We've had him now. This is number three. We keep inviting him back for some reason. Uh, Joe Pepperata. How you doing, Joe? I'm doing very well this morning. Uh, just out of curiosity, how many favorites do you have? Is it is it, is it three, ten? Uh, we'll we'll go with we'll go with four, maybe two. Okay, all right, two. all right. So I'm one of four. I like it. That's fine. That's fine. There you go. <laughs> well, guys, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us today. Uh, so we're going to be talking about Burra, and for those that aren't familiar with the acronym, because we love to use acronyms here. Uh, Burra stands for Backup Recovery and Archive, and I've added an extra R in there for replication just to tick off Joe Pep here. Um, but really, we wanted to talk about the whole process of backing up and all, all those pieces of that puzzle, because especially now in a day of ransomware, it's a very important thing to be doing. And if you're not doing it or not doing it well, you could suffer the consequences of some sort of data breach or data loss uh, and stuff like that. So. Burra um, is going to be kind of the overarching uh, piece here. We're going to look into the different pieces here. But first, just wanted to talk about the 3-2-1 backup rule because that is really the best practice uh, for anyone in this field. If you don't know it, the 3-2-1 backup rule, uh, easy way to, to remember the common approach for keeping your data safe, right? So the rule is keep at least three copies of your data, store two of them in different storage medias with one of them located offsite. So... Again, that's just the kind of a, a basic first step principle. There's a lot of different ways to do this. And of course, what we would like to do is discuss with you all the ways that Cisco can help you achieve these goals. So, Mr. Pip, I'm going to ch- toss it over to you. Okay. Uh, let's let's start with the B of Burrow, right? Let's, let's talk about backups and um, what we're looking at from the Cisco in terms of hardware and software uh, to achieve that first step. Sure. So... The backup piece gets interesting uh, because Cisco, as a company, can offer all the pieces. Uh, the one little asterisk there is you know, we're not actually the creators of 
the backup software. We'll, we'll talk about Hyperflex and what we're doing with in the Hyperflex solution. But when it comes to a traditional backup solution, it's going to be software on top of some hardware. Uh, that hardware is geared towards that long-term archive function. So it's generally not flash. It cr- certainly could be, although that, that tends to be outside of what customers looking to invest in a backup solution. You're, you're talking 7.2K or 10K RPM drives, uh, usually larger drive sizes. And from a Cisco hardware portfolio perspective, we would house those in a C-series, so a, a traditional rack mount server with, I'll say, traditional or generally available drives for that platform. Or what we see a lot of our customers investing in, really for that long-term scalability, it's, it's a member of our C-series family officially, but it is called the S for storage. 3260. So that is our high density modular storage platform. It can actually house up to two individual server nodes. A lot of our customers run it with one. You can certainly run it with two nodes, but with a single server node in that platform, uh, it can house up to 60 drives. And those drives can be anywhere from two terabytes to 12 and actually, I think we just recently announced a 14 terabyte drive. So the the quick math on that uh, is pretty impressive. A lot of our customers like to start with a few hundred terabytes of raw storage out of the gate. Uh, but again, that, that pl- platform by itself is, if it's just a 3260 with one or two server nodes and some number of drives, it's a server. What you then need to layer on top of that is your preferred backup software. So... A lot of our customers are uh, using Veeam or Commvault. Those are the two most popular ones I've seen to date. Uh, we do hear a bit about Zerto. Uh, they're they're an up-and-comer, if you will. And there's certainly other solutions on the market. But when it comes to backing up a Cisco UCS environment, uh, basically, if, if the software is compatible with your hypervisor or hypervisors, then it'll certainly run in that environment, and then you can take advantage of the C240 or the S3260 as that backup platform. So, Joe, um, with the server platform, you know, since we're not actually offering the backup software itself, what do you think are some of the key differentiators um, between the C-series servers and the S3260? Do you think it's just the variety of sizes we offer, redundancy, things like that? Yeah, so... They're actually at, and thanks for that question, they're actually a feature parity from a management perspective. So if you want to use uh, CIMC, the integrated management tool, that's an option. If you want to use UCS Manager, that, of course, is an option. Uh, Intersight can actually be used. Uh, if anyone on the call is uh, familiar with Intersight, uh, then uh, that can certainly be used as well. So they're really on, uh, really at feature parity there. Uh, the big advantage would go to the S3260 in terms of density. Uh, so customers like having a platform where they can start with maybe maybe it's only populated with 14 drives, which is the minimum, by the way. The, the very first installation uh, does have to have 14 drives. After that, you can just add one drive at a time if you so desire. But that long-term scalability of that platform, because generally these uh, these Burra platforms, these Burra solutions, it's a long-term solution. So if a customer can start with, say, 84 terabytes, if they happen to use the six terabyte drives, then they have 
three additional rows of 14 drives each that they can scale out over time as needed. So tend to see folks venturing down that S3260 path over the C240 for that reason. But at their at their core, they serve the same basic purpose. Now, on the S3260, you, you mentioned you have to start off with a row of, of 14. You need a single row populated, but you can add one at a time after that. Is that um, can that be done um, like a hot hot swap, or, or does it have to be shut down in, in some sort of maintenance mode? How does that work? Uh, so the chassis is designed in a, a unique fashion, so it'll uh, roll out or slide out from the rack. Uh, I had a customer actually call it the uh, the DeLorean <laughs> server, as far as how it's engineered not not in terms of longevity or availability, of course, but uh, the doors uh, pop open uh, parallel to the rack that it's installed in. So when the doors open up, they actually align with the uh, support rails, and then you would access the drives from the top of the platform. So you you can insert drives on the fly in that platform. As long as as long as the wiring and everything is set up to so that the server can be pulled out enough to, of to get to those doors. Okay, fair enough. Correct. Cor- correct. And out of just curiosity, um, are, how is the how is the data like RAID level managed, right? Is that is that all internal UCS or is that standard RAID 5 or 6? Or what, what are we looking at here? Yeah, great question. So let's, we'll talk specifically about Veeam and Commvault only because those are the two I see most often. So, of course, every server node in that chassis will have a RAID controller. Uh, whether you're running Veeam or Commvault, they have explicit documentation on the controllers that are supported and the, you know, I'll call it strongly recommended or quote unquote required RAID level. So depending on the amount of uh, raw storage uh, you have on that platform, Veeam or Commvault will recommend a very specific RAID level. Uh, sometimes it's RAID 6, uh, could be a different RAID level. Again, it just depends. And uh, that's, that's a key part of the solution as well. I wanted to mention earlier uh, is that, even though Cisco doesn't create or maintain the backup software, right? It's uh, Veeam and Commvault are separate organizations, but they are deep strategic ecosystem partners of ours. So a customer can actually invest in their Burrow solution, both software and hardware, through Cisco. So we offer all the licensing for Veeam, as well as all the licensing options for Commvault. Uh, there's a a third vendor, I'll, I'll say an up-and-comer in the hyper-converged secondary storage market. So when we when we talk about Burra, you'll also hear secondary storage. Uh, some people will call it tertiary storage, just depending on their, their uh, nomenclature they prefer and what their environment looks like. But we have had customers say, it's great that I have a hyper-converged solution in my primary data center. I also have hyper-converged, in, in a lot of cases, in a secondary data center. I want backup recovery and archive. I, maybe I have an antiquated solution, and as a customer, I want to refresh that environment. It's not uncommon for a customer to ask for a hyper-convert solution for the Burrow functionality, and that's where our relationship with Cohesity comes into play. Uh, so much like Veeam and Commvault, uh, Cohesity is also on our price list, so we can offer... Uh, not just, uh, I'll say, a traditional Burra solution, so software overlaid on top of a, a C240 or an S3260, but we can also offer the Cohesity hyperconverged software 
running on Cisco platforms as well for a hyper-converged uh, Cisco solution for Burra. So Joe, what would be an advantage of doing your backups um, on a hyper-converged like system rather than doing it on a traditional you know, C-series or uh, S3260 server? Yeah, I would say it's an enhancement to the 321 rule. Um, and by that, I mean, if, if you look at hyperconverge, at least Cisco hyperconverge solutions and our ecosystem hyperconverge solutions, you're, you're getting an inherent level of resiliency and redundancy within the backup platform. So customers that would benefit from that, that say they, they're a customer that only has a primary data center and Burra solution or the Burra solution for their environment really is their secondary, if you will, then in that situation, it probably makes sense to put something that's that offers a bit more resiliency and redundancy because uh, that that is your critical backup platform. And if if you don't have the three two one rule in effect, uh, then certainly enhancing the the backup functionality is beneficial. Uh, in other cases, I've seen it as strictly personal preference as customers. And again, the, the hyperconverged market itself is absolutely explosive growth. Uh, it's, it's experienced explosive growth the last several years, and the outlook is for that to continue for several more years. Uh, so along with that, we see a lot of interest in, in hyperconverged for Burra as well, for no other reason than that's what I'm doing in primary and or secondary. And I want to continue that same model into my Burra environment. Now, Joe, you mentioned that the S3260 can take up to two server nodes as well. Um, can you explain a little bit more about how that works and what kind of the benefits would be of being able to run two server nodes? Sure, sure. So it does offer a nice level of flexibility in that platform. Uh, most of the S3260s that I've spec'd uh, do have a single server node, uh, but we do have some that, that have dual, of course, uh, you have one of two ways you can look at that. So within a, a single chassis, uh, again, depending on the software you're running, depending on the the, uh, the solution that that S3260 is addressing, you could run it with two nodes and they could simply be a primary and secondary server within that chassis. So the second server node is backing up the first. Uh, what we've seen a lot of customers do, though, is uh, because what I didn't mention about those drives is they can be split. So they can be shared between both nodes or you can split. You can dedicate uh, a certain number of drives to server one and a certain number of drives to server two. Uh, never shall their paths cross. Uh, again, each server node will have a RAID controller. So then you can actually spec different RAID levels for the different drive groups within that chassis. So it, it actually gives customers an option to have a blade installed and maybe use 28 drives as a Burrow solution. Uh, have another blade installed, dedicate the other batch of drives to that blade and run a completely different function. Maybe it's a, a dev test environment, as an example, or it really could be doing anything that's supported on that particular uh, platform. Very good. And it's important to note here that the S3260 is not a SAN, right? It's It may have the 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 drive density of, of some of the SANs or even more, but... Correct me if I'm wrong, Pip, but without the without the server node in the back, it's pretty much useless, right? So, so at least one server node is mandatory. Uh, but again, the the solution will take the form of 
the software that is overlaid on top of it. Uh, so what's interesting in our, our ecosystem partnerships, there's actually one in particular uh, uh, that we can run on that platform. We can install a fiber channel adapter. So if you don't have a second server node, uh, there's a uh, that that slot could be open. It could be used for interface expansion. We could actually add native fiber channel capabilities to that platform and treat it as a fiber channel array, if you will. Now, I I don't have any customers doing that personally. Uh, we have discussed it with some folks as as an interesting option. Uh, but yeah, we're not generally we're not in that traditional sand business, right? It's that that platform is better served as a a backup recovery archive platform. Uh, whether you're you know, using a traditional solution like Veeam or Commvault, or or if you're maybe converting it into an archive uh, or object storage platform, it serves that purpose quite well. But uh, as a traditional sand, you know that's that's really where we draw the line. Yeah, right. So Brian, um, the you know a NetApp array or an EMC array, those are going to be purpose built to serve that function. Whereas the S3260, it's just a server with a lot of storage. So it'll take any form you want it to based on what software you put on it. Right. No, that makes sense. In fact, uh, Brian, you could you could archive all of your shows content onto an S3260 if you'd like. <laughs> with the compression I'm using, I could archive them all onto a USB flash drive. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But when I uh, when I get to that point, I'll be sure to give you a call. Please do. As it is, I'm I'm still setting up my C two forty rack, so uh, I I need some large factor drives. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Next step is S thirty two sixty. Yeah. When when I fill that up, <laughs> I give hope, it a few more I years. God not. I can't imagine the noise of that many hard drives spinning. So we talked a lot about the backup, right, with the different solutions we have here with our partnerships with Veeam and Commvault. Um, but a backup is, is still a point in time, right? It's it's an important thing to do, but a backup is, a, is a, just a point in time that we've basically snapshotted. Um, we have a lot of our customers that need that extra high availability and need to have the same system basically running in two, two locations, right? And this is where replication comes into uh, into play so joe let's let's go over to to replication and uh, discuss that further sure sure so when i talk to my customers about replication generally it's around our our hyperconverged offering hyperflux uh, which i believe you have a a podcast on hyperflux if i'm not mistaken we do we do it was uh you were in it so <laughs> all right that's that's it's one of the reasons I brought it up, but uh, I've heard that's a really good one. Um, yeah. But in all seriousness, you know, within within Hyperflex, there's a native function. There's no additional licensing required. There's a native function called replication. Uh, very simple to set up. Very easy to customize. So it's it's not often the case that a customer wants every single VM treated identically. I might have in site A, I might have twenty critical VMs that I want backed up or replicated to my secondary cluster. And, and likewise for that secondary cluster, it's generally not just sitting there as a, a standby platform or a platform for replication only. Uh, I might have 50 VMs running in production on that cluster or more. Could be a, a much higher number, of course. But maybe there's 25 critical VMs on that cluster that I want replicated to back to the primary or primary site or primary cluster, if you will. Uh, 
so you have complete granular, granular control, excuse me, over which VMs are replicated, uh, how often they're replicated, and how much bandwidth is used. So customers like that level of flexibility. And that's just a, once that's configured, that's an automatic process. It runs in the background. Uh, there is dedicated storage on each Hyperflex clusters to support that replication functionality. And what we've built in recently, so it's it's certainly one thing to have replication as a function, but I'd like to know replication is on, that it's working. Uh, maybe I can run some test scenarios. So we actually built in the ability to test replication process for a specific VM or VMs into a, a very recent software release. Uh, that's actually an exercise our customers and our partners can go through if, if they want to participate in some of our hands-on labs. We've actually built in complete replication configuration, as well as the testing of the uh, replication or the recovery, and then doing the actual recovery itself. So we can uh, we, we afford our customers the opportunity to go through those exercises in a free hands-on lab. That's That's been very well received. Uh, but that, that replication function in Hyperflex, very full-featured. And again, we go that extra step of allowing you to test replication recovery and then actually perform the recovery if needed. So you have a, a live version of the VM running on that secondary cluster and you simply restore from that secondary cluster. Yeah. So Joe, um, let's say, you know, the majority of your workloads are running on Hyperflex and you have identical environments across two different sites. Would you say that it's smart uh, for the customer to run the native replication as well as their um, their own backup solution as well? That's that's typically what we see, especially for customers who want to, you know, quote unquote, obey the, the three to one rule, right? So uh, three copies of data, two different media types, one offsite. So that, that offsite tends to be something other than the primary or the secondary storage. So it, it tends to be an enhancement to an overall Burra strategy. So I'm, I'm replicating my critical VMs between the two sites. So I have that quick restore option, but for peace of mind and uh, to check all the business and technical requirements, I still want a, a true Burra solution. Again, whether a Veeam or Commvault or a Cohesity for hyperconverged uh, secondary storage, you know, when you combine all, all of those together, uh, both the native replication of Hyperflex as well as a, a traditional Burra solution, uh, you you really have ratcheted up the the level of resiliency and redundancy for that environment overall. So uh, we do see a lot a lot of folks that have Hyperflex in multiple data centers, uh, enabling that replication functionality in addition to their Burra solution. Uh, the one thing I didn't mention is you actually have the option of replicating between a traditional cluster. So a, a fabric interconnect and some number of hyperconverged nodes, even compute only nodes, you might have an environment that also has a stretch cluster. So if you want to talk about another level of resiliency and redundancy, that's, that's where I take a, a single cluster and split it between two locations. So it's physically split, but it logically functions as a single cluster, giving you site redundancy and resiliency as well. Uh, but we can actually enable replication in that scenario. And the hands-on lab is exactly that. So site A is a traditional cluster. Site B is actually a stretch cluster, if you will. And uh, that's that's where that replication uh, exercises are done. All right, so we've covered backups. We've covered uh, replication. 
recover, uh, recovery as well. Um, I guess the last piece there, Joe, would just be the archive piece. Can we elaborate a little bit more on that? Definitely, definitely. So yet another function of that S3260. We briefly touched on it earlier, uh, but there's there's backup, which a lot of folks, you know, again, whether it's a virtual environment or physical or both, you know, there's there's different ways to uh, to back up those solutions as we've discussed, and then we might have a need for long term archive. So actually, one of my customers uh, in the great state of Vermont is a uh, a uh, newspaper article uh, organization or, or a newspaper article archive organization, and they have a need for extremely long term storage. So the each individual piece of content itself isn't very large, but at any point in time, they are storing hundreds of thousands, if not millions of pieces of data in a few different formats. And they, they need to keep those around for basically as long as the company exists. So a platform that that's not only scalable, uh, but that can be clustered together and have some sort of software overlaid uh, on top of it is a perfect uh, case for that S3260. So in that realm, we're generally talking about object storage. And uh, any customer that's ventured down this path tends to have their own favorite object storage solution. Uh, We, of course, have a few of those that are in our ecosystem uh, partnership in the data center. Uh, But again, for that long-term archive functionality, uh, you'll hear people say uh, cheap and deep if you will. And that's not one of my favorite phrases when it comes to the technology world, but it accurately describes what they're after in the archive uh, function or for that archive function. I need inexpensive, inexpensive drives that I can continue to purchase over time, uh, install over time as needed, scale that platform out, but generally scale a solution to several terabytes and beyond uh, up into the petabyte realm, if needed, and a lot of customers are are uh, in a position or in a, a an industry where that's required. So uh, again, that would be a a uh, object storage software solution running on top of the S thirty two sixty. Very good. So yeah, it sounds like the S thirty two sixty is going to be um, the the piece of hardware that that covers it all, right? Whether it's backup, um, replication. Well, can we do replication in S3260 or no? I need, I need a Hyperflex uh, cluster to, to replicate to. Yeah, so from a Cisco perspective, when we're talking replication, it's generally between Hyperflex clusters. But again, because that S3260 is so versatile, right, it will assume the functionality of the solution that's running on top of it or the software that's running on that platform. So if, if you happen to be running software that also supports replication, uh, then of course the S thirty two sixty can be part of that solution, right? No, that's that's good to know. But yeah, it sounds like that piece of hardware is going to be kind of the 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 one thing that that does it all, right? So, and that's that's awesome to hear. And I did your quick math, and I think we came out to um, eight hundred and sixty eight terabytes of raw storage with those fourteen terabyte drives. So that's uh, that's pretty impressive. All all in four rack units, so two two servers and up to. 60 drives. So if, if you have one drive or one server node installed, excuse me, then we'll support up to 60 physical drives. If you have the two server nodes, uh, we only 
we only uh, lose four. So you're still capable of running 56 drives in a two server platform. Nice. Very, very cool. And all, and only in four are you. That's great. All in four are you. I, if you have space in your uh, your home lab there, I think the 3260 <laughs> would look really good. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't look good on my electric bill, that's for sure. Probably not. Um, all right. Well, this is uh, this has been great, um, Joe. Any um, any final thoughts? Anything that uh, that you wanted to add to this that we didn't get a chance to cover today? Yeah, just one quick note. So again, while we offer the various software options, uh, your your best bet as a as an end user is to do that comparison. So there's a lot of similarities between them. Uh, we have a lot of customers that certainly want to back up on prem. Uh, some customers are looking to also add in perhaps some cloud backup functionality. So most of the major vendors in the Burra software market offer that, uh, but some do not. Uh, although they're looking to to add it right? in this in this day and age, it's almost a must-have feature. So I would just encourage customers to to do the stare and compare, right? Especially with Veeam, Commvault, Zerto, and again, there's others in the industry. Uh, but you just want to make sure you're you're selecting that that correct piece of software, of course, that brings all the Burra functionality to the table that you're looking for. And then once you make that selection, we can add that to the same configuration on which we would add the C240 and or the S3260. Right. Yeah, definitely having to understand what it is you're trying to accomplish. Obviously, that's a first good step. But as we say with every episode, if you have any questions, want to see this product uh, in action, look at some demos, uh, please reach out to your account team. We'll be sure to include some links for CBDs and, of course, the information on the S3260 itself in the show notes. Brian, anything you would like to add? Yeah, um, we spent a lot of time talking about the S3260. I just wanted to add, if you're listening to this and that sounds like too much for you, as in you don't need near that amount of storage, just keep in mind that we do offer C-series servers that that serve the same function, just on a smaller scale, so in one or two rack unit forms. Yeah, for example, I've got, um, I have a C220 that has four large form factor drives or the same model that um, has, I think, eight small uh, small form factor drives. And then if you go up to the C240, that's all in one RU. If you go up to the C240 with two RU, you can get, I believe, 12 large form factor drives or up to 24 small form factor drives with the C240 uh, configuration there. So, yes, the S3260 may seem like a behemoth, and it is, but if you need that kind of storage, we have that option. If you don't need as much then the C-Series is going to uh, be just as much of a workhorse for you. So thank you, Brian, and uh, thank you, Joe, for joining us today. And thank you for listening to ConfT with your SE. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, a topic you'd like to suggest, please send us an email at hello at conft.show. And if you like the show, please consider sharing it with your friends and colleagues and giving us a rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And if you're not already subscribed, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you can get notified when we publish an episode every two weeks or so. <laughs> Show notes for this episode can be found on our website at conft.show. That's C-O-N-F-T dot S-H-O-W. As always, stay safe out there and don't forget to save that config. <laughs>